Switch Radio Sport. This is Switch. Hello, I am Lewis Stokes with Switch Sport Radio and here I am joined by the chairman of Birmingham City Rockets Basketball Club and former Detective Constable Kirk Dawes. Hi Kirk, how are, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Lise, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. So first of all, how did you how did you come to becoming the chairman of the... Uh, of the club? Yeah. Okay, um, I suppose... The story goes back. I've always been involved in basketball and I played a lot of National League stuff myself and I was a, a, a coach as well and I coached in the professional game. So uh, my uh, lad, who is um, who's now 27 years of age, yeah, he, um, he when he was 14, he wanted to go and play basketball and I sort of live in the very leafy part of Solihull, um, a village called Null. And, um, and what happened was, he kept badgering me that he really, really wanted to play this game. Yeah. yeah. So um, he was playing over here. He was, you know, let's put it this way. He needed to be challenged. So he, I uh, eventually succumbed and took him to Birmingham and to the, what was the city of Birmingham basketball club then coached by a guy who started it called Rob Palmer. And so he went there and that was probably about 2007. And uh, Jordan played there until he, um, he went off to the States and then, he came back and went to Loughborough University. And so by that time, by about 2009, I became involved in sort of the administrative part of the club. And uh, the rest is really history. I, I, it wasn't something I wanted to do because I'd been play, coaching in the British Basketball League. I wanted to retire totally, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, but they, they got me involved, let's put it that way. Obviously, what's been, with what's been going on, how was all of this coronavirus stuff really like affected the club right to be honest um it, it has been a hard time for the club but not in the manner that you know that the club is about to fail or anything like that it's 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 been tough in so much as the end of last season didn't wasn't completed and the board that we've got at the city of birmingham basketball club are probably you know the real movers and shakers in the city from the legal backgrounds you know financial backgrounds uh, media and PR and all of that so it's quite a, a strong board and with that strong board we were able to um, to think about what the future might look like and that meant that you know last season didn't finish so therefore um, we had to cope with all of that with the players and then the end of season awards and you know all of that was done virtually yeah, yeah. so that was that was different within itself the um, the fact that with no playing programme, so to speak, that means the, you know, the funding that we get um, from subscriptions and the like, that obviously went down to zero. <coughs> and the consequence of that is that we had to look at other ways of raising finances, which, we, which we're still doing, to keep the club going. Because um, we, we, you know, now are just, just in the sort of the elite playing programme, there are 300 players. Um, so... And then, if, and then if you go to what we were doing in the community and the like, then that really, um, or the club was supplemented by pro probably another 500, so about 800 kids a week. Sometimes it's, you know, it, sometimes it's up to 1,300 kids a week, between four to six hours that, um, that we provide basketball for, you know, from five years old to 19. So it was a hell of an ass to keep the club running as it was, I mean, people think about just the playing, but it's a lot more than that. 
I mean, for instance, and I don't mind saying we spend around £50,000 a year just on one basketball facility and we've got a number of them, yeah? And uh, that's just to keep it going. And, if, and bear in mind that that is just a junior development club. We, we, we do have the men's and women's senior sides, but I'm just talking about the kids now. Yeah, has, has kind of like the recruitment been affected in any way? The thing, thing is, is this is that what we normally do is that we hold a trial, what we call trials days, yeah? And that's yeah. over a couple of weekends, <coughs> you know, just before the start of the pre-season, as they say, where we literally invite people down to try out for the teams. And, you know, and in trying out for the teams, then the teams are selected. Um, it, in, in that sense, in we've only just started this week. We were really fortunate that one headmaster of a school has allowed us into his facility because the council facilities and where we play at Nichols is a council facility. Uh, ours is not open yet, won't open until the, the very end of this month. Yeah. And so that's been that's been especially difficult. But what at the moment what we've got on is that we've got tryouts going on now. The Broadway school, the headmaster there in, in Birmingham, the headmaster there has been phenomenal. In allowing us in and we've got 20 sessions this week where we are um as i said we um we've got uh, this week at broadway school where we've got 20 sessions which are trials for all of our national league sides because the club we have national league teams yeah uh and we also then have uh, community teams and community um events as well so so really uh, it's been difficult get them all together most of that's have to be done via the internet and via yeah. the website which you know we've got we've got a, what i would say we've got quite a really um i can't put it it was a really well designed we, uh, website by one of our coaches ricardo dalva and ricardo designed that website and uh, i think the people when they look at it will see you know um, what's going on at this basketball club which in terms of like um junior development sports organization we have to be one of the biggest if not the biggest in the uk yeah. so has has your role uh, as the chairman changed in any way since um since all of this has started um re really it's about it's about managing and just not so much overseeing because we have a managing director because the club was started in 2003 by robert palmer and rob palmer has you know he has put so much into this club and one there's thousands upon thousands of kids that have come through the club in that time um what we try to do is manage it uh manage the day-to-day -day and everything together together with uh, a man uh, peter mintoft who's a legendary coach yeah um and peter's 74 years old and yet peter still is very very much involved and he's coached um at all levels as well internationally um you know professionally and the like and with all of that um in mind my, my role really has been to as the chair of the board is to make sure the whole operation keeps ticking over still looking for the finances within which to run this club making sure that we've got the right personnel as well because it's not just about we've got some um, paid professional staff but then as well, we need a lot of volunteers to enable us to um, to run it. So it's about overseeing that, the governance of it. And that, I suppose some people might consider that the tedious part, but having been a coach and all of that, 
and given uh, how old I am now, perhaps that's the right place for me, rather than tripping up and down the country, uh, coaching youngsters. Um, I only coach youngsters for a, for a couple of years, but because I coach in the men's game, you know, the senior men's game. But this side of it has, has been challenging, interesting. But, but as I say, I'm really well supported by a great board and, and Rob Palmer and a guy called Jamie Bunch, a business manager. So it's, it's been good. So how has the club been preparing for the restart of when everything gets really gets back up and running and you can start playing and training again? I, I think we've got to be realistic. Yeah, because we're still in the middle of the pandemic, whether we like to feel that it's coming towards an end or not. Yeah, uh, people are talking about and then we're getting lots of phone calls every day about when are you going to start back and all of that. The truth of the matter is, is this. I think in every single sport, the uh, going, the return to play will be not just staggered, but what the leagues might look like when we do return to play. I don't think anybody truly knows. <laughs> there have been several dates for start. One was said to be the end of September, then it was October, now it's November. I know that some sports are actually considering January of next year before they yeah. start their leagues properly. So I think that what will happen, and we're in contact with Basketball England um, quite a bit um, around this uh, as a club, not just a, you know in, in the hood, so to speak, but we're waiting to see what they say. Uh, on the face of it, we can now return to the gym, uh, but you can only have about 30 people in the gym, which for all intents and purposes are like two squads. They can only train for, uh, I think it's an hour and 15 minutes. Then everything has to be um, cleaned down. So that's a 20 minute stop where the facility is cleaned. Then, and, then, and then the next um, cohort would go in there and between each session, there's that 20 minutes. So it's, it's going to be really difficult for the coaches and having to have, you know, COVID-19 uh, officers as well to make sure that, you know, you know, even sanitising the ball between, you know, every, I think it's every um, 15 or 20 minutes and that sort of thing. It will make things really difficult. But from what I understand, we started back yesterday with the trials and they, they had a really good day. And they're coping with it. I mean, myself, I, I've been shielding. So yeah. I've been at home now for probably 155, 100, maybe 160 days now. So, I, you know, I've only been out really to the hospital and stuff. But the reality is, is that the, I know our guys are out and about there now performing that uh, very useful service that we do for the community when you think about what, you know, what young people might be doing if they weren't with us. Commonwealth Games is here in two years' time. And uh, we've been involved with them, with the launch, you know, the, you know, the two years to go and all of that. And um, the three-on-three -three games becoming quite a big thing nowadays. Yeah. And so, as you say, getting out about there and seeing them play. And then sometimes well, my boys will, you know, set, pick up games in parks and the like, and they'll go and play. The one boy, the one who played uh, professional basketball, he's now a Royal Marine. And, uh, but the other week, five of the lads that he played with, and they're all like 27, uh, well, there's about 10 of them in the end, they all played some game in some park somewhere. So what I say about the sport of basketball, it's a game of life and their long, lifelong friendships that I know around the sport. And, and I've seen my son uh, developed one with his mates as well so I, i've got a lot i've got a you know a huge love for the sport 
on what he can do, not just in terms of the actual playing on the court, but what he does for kids in their lives and how yeah. in the future, um, the futures that they may have. Because I'll just say this, uh, in the 93 boys, they, these are all boys who were born in 1993, yeah? yeah? And there were 15 of them. The 15 went to 15 different schools and the 15 of them went to 15 different universities. So, and that literally was the programme we put on it just wasn't just about the sport, it was about their education too. And they've, they've all got, excuse me, really big jobs now. And the greatest thing about it is seeing that the way that they've developed their lives from the, from the game of basketball. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be good seeing that a, a sport can bring people together from all these different backgrounds. And even though they're not necessarily going to the same schools or the same colleges or universities, that, <coughs> that the sport can still keep them together as well absolutely it's the biggest thing about the game um, for me and that is it will happen in other sports as well i think there's something about basketball and that sort of friendship thing that it brings um yeah. because um you know peter the 74 year old guy uh, peter was my mentor when i was 30 we're still big buddies we're still working together now but the reality is in that time there you know periods of time where we didn't see each other for years really and then you're back and then it's like it was yesterday. And I think that when we um, look at what basketball can bring, and education forms a really big part to the game. And when I say that, for instance, we've got a 14-year-old that we've just placed in the school <coughs> in the United States this week, um, what they call a full ride, so all his fees are paid at the school. And he's gone there to be educated and to learn basketball in the United States. And those sort of opportunities don't come in a lot of other sports. It's, it's really been in basketball. And he will be the third, third kid in, um, in the last two years that are now back in the United States. Well, not back in, you know, gone to the United States. So, but then again, we do have one of the greatest players ever in the game is part of the club, and that's Akeem Olajuwon. So, yeah. you know... Um, yeah, everybody wants to be an Akeem or everybody wants to, yeah. everybody starts out with that train. But we're realistic. Education is so important because basketball only lasts for a time. Yes, it's huge to us. It really is because unless the boy had done well in school, the one just gone. Unless he'd done well in school, he would not have got his place at the school. He's gone to one of the best performing schools in the United States. And so we, we encourage it. We, we let them know that the game comes twofold. Yeah, it's not just the playing, but it's about what, what happens when you finish playing the game. Yeah, so you talk about how basketball can bring people together and form friendships. What kind of friendships have you made during your kind of career in basketball? A whole host of them, to be honest. <laughs> friendships from when I was a kid from school and the first basketball team, they're still picked by speak to from when I was 11 years old who were just were just around the sport really <laughs> but um, I, I, I mean I had an opportunity because as you say I was a police officer and uh, as a police officer because I'd been involved in the game on a professional level I um, it's pretty great. I played for like you know Great Britain police teams and all of that sort of thing but I ended up as the Great Britain police coach and, um, and I, I will say that I was really fortunate that when I and I became the coach. It was at a time when basketball was massive in this country, yeah? yeah? And this is like the late 80s, 90s, yeah? Huge, it was. And, you know, we had it on Channel 4 and all of that. 
But fortunately, what happened was it was about the time that we, in the police service, we were recruiting a lot of sportsmen. And we ended up with a basketball team, a Great Britain police team, that could quite easily have played at the very, very top level of basketball in this country. In yeah. fact, we used to play professional sides and beat them, yeah, and international sides. But we did have like, the Great Britain police side, so we had, you know, uh, Bobby's from, or Cops from, Scotland, Wales, you know, uh, and England. We literally had some of the, the names in that team you would see playing for the British police on the one day and then playing for, because would you believe that Manchester United had a basketball club in those days and they were phenomenal. And they'd be playing for Man United, you know, uh, at the weekend. And then whenever we got together, the British police had to be playing for us. And, and, and a lot of internationals, you know, were were police officers because in those days in the police sport was a really huge thing yeah, yeah. Uh, not not just basketball but football most of the football teams were semi-professional or had been professional players who retired and joined the job and so with that my friendships really <coughs> grew and grew and I mean they are lifelong friendships uh, and I speak to most of the well a lot of the guys all the time and as I say, even the the distance of time doesn't sort of take away the friendships that exist there. And so uh, I, I would say that it's made my life more complete. Yeah, that with my family, the, the game has always formed part of this family. So um, if I were to die and come back again, basketball would be in my life. That's what I would wish for. Yeah. Who were your top five basketball players ever? Okay then. <laughs> See, that's that's a real tough one because yeah. um, when people talk about the goat, yeah, yeah, I don't believe in the greatest of all time. Yeah, because exactly. I think you know, you're a man for the season or the seasons that you're there, your generation, yeah. Because yeah? I can see you've got a Kobe Bryant top there, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. the Mamba was a phenomenal player. But if I had to really pick my starting five, okay then. Let me think. Who would I have at one? I'd probably have John Stockton. John Stockton um, was a great guy. You've got the, uh, <coughs> the there's lots lots of great players that, that they will talk about in terms of a guard, but Stockton was a man who knew how to distribute the ball, a great quarterback. So he'd be at my one. As a shooting guard, I'd probably have Michael Jordan. Yeah. Not probably, definitely. Because he he's my favourite player of all time, but as I say, the greatest of all time. I think you, I think you you're pushing it to say like, yeah. uh, uh, who do you have now at number three, right? And that's the big one. Do you go Kobe or do you go LeBron? Is LeBron the best? Well, I'd have to go LeBron, LeBron yeah. James. Yeah, at the at the three, and that's because as a small forward. Um, LeBron is everything and more. And the game's changed because everybody in your team now has to be able to dribble the basketball. Yeah. Yeah? Everybody has to be able to, to, to dribble the basketball. And, and so, you know, some of the big guys now, you can find them up at the guard spot and still do a great game. Yeah. And I'm missing so many great players out. So I'll go at number four there. So... I, I know people talk about, um, <laughs> in terms of, of, of a power forward, 
who who would be your greatest would be the Charles Barkley's or whatever. But this is I'm going to make uh, um, I'm going to do something that a lot of people wouldn't like. I'm going to say Hakeem Olajuwon at the four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Hakeem Olajuwon at the four. One because I know he can post up whenever and play at centre whenever I need him to be. But also he was his footwork is just phenomenal. So he could do a lot of uh, work, yeah, at the forward, as the power forward, albeit his build will suggest he's not huge. But he, he, he's probably the, I think he's the greatest um, uh, big man that I, I've ever seen. But at number five, I'd have Shaq. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd have Shaq because he's just so powerful. And when you look at Shaq's numbers, they weren't that far off Michael Jordan's. Yeah, and now, Say that again, sorry. And it's kind of like he was playing more in a day where the three-pointer wasn't really... He wasn't being he, shot as much and he, he didn't shoot three-pointers himself. Well, that's yeah. right. But the, but the thing with him is this. It's about grabbing the ball. The, the more we shoot from downtown, yeah, outside that three-point... And you know, like, if you're talking about... Because people will say, yo, John Stockton, not Steph Curry. Oh, I'm sorry about this. Two seconds. Um, John Stockton, not to... Carl, I'll have to call you back. I'm just on a call. That's all, no problem. Um, are you there? Uh, right. Uh, John Stockton and not Steph, yeah? Uh, he's because I want all the other four players to play. Yeah. yeah. So, in, in my team, you see, Stockton is a, is, is a playmaker, Yeah. And I know that all the others will bring something to the game. But the, the points are now spread. Yeah? yeah. So And I've always believed this. If you get on your team, if you get uh, on your bench, say, seven or eight players to score 10 points at least each, one's going to score a lot more than that. Yeah. Then you're in a winning game anyway. Yeah? And all the people I picked there, you can guarantee them for 15, 20 a game. And yeah. so to play against that, the only, the only thing is, is that um, now I think that's the team because all of them are great defenders, and mo most people only look at the offense and not the defense. Yeah. But every guy I've got there are great defenders, and with Shaq and and uh, Akeem on the back line, yeah, I'm not going to pick up ball after ball. And LeBron, well, there you go. So that's my five. He goes like this: Stockton, Jordan, uh, James, Olajuwon, and O'Neal. So that would be my top five. So that was that's a very, that's a very good lineup. It's it's not the typical lineup that I usually <laughs> see. You're right. It's not the typical lineup, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I am a great believer that uh, in terms of like coaches and the like, I think you can see I've got many many books here. But there's a guy called Dean Smith, North North Carolina, and my my thing is learn to coach the team you've got on your bench, yeah? yeah? It's not like football where you think, to win the league next year, I'm going to buy this one for 80 million and that one for 120. Mm -hmm. so, so I've always um, made myself think about whatever's on the bench, that's who I'm going to play with. If I had a choice, it would be them. If, you know, you know, if I could add to that, another five, Alan Iverson would be, you know, the replacement for yeah. Stockton. And, and then I could go on and on yeah. about it, but... But but the only person I think there, uh, Kobe would be another one. Yeah? yeah. So so if I was talking about sixth man, Kobe Bryant, 
and, and then I'd have Iverson at the guard and then anybody else can do what they do. Yeah. My son would have disagreed with me because Dwayne Wade would have been in there somewhere. <laughs> but there you go. Okay. But yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for agreeing to this interview today. It's been it's been very, very interesting and I've learnt quite a bit to be honest. Thanks for the invite. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's no, it's no problem. Um, you take care of yourself. Yeah, and you, you take care as well. Switch Radio Sport. This is Switch.